Kia ora. Welcome to the A Lighter Touch podcast, keeping you in touch with the knowledge to help Kiwi growers manage pests and diseases in their crops with a lighter environmental touch. Kia ora. Welcome. I'm Livy Esterhazy, and this is our third and final episode in a three-part series inspired by an A Lighter Touch hosted webinar on extension, the practice of transferring new knowledge or concepts. In it, we'll be walking you through how to define the target audience for your extension program. If you've missed it, we encourage you to go back and listen to the first episode. It outlines the four key steps to successful extension, of which defining your audience is one of them. So how do we decide who our extension project should target? One of our webinar experts, senior researcher at Manaki Whenua Landcare Research, Dr. Jeff Kane, says the first step is to look for your potential adopters, those who are likely to make the change. So what are potential adopters and why are they important? Basically, they are the growers for whom an innovation would create a net benefit by assisting them to better meet their goals, assuming they know about the innovation. So fundamentally, the population of potential adopters is your market. It's the market for an innovation, the market for a change in practice. And when I'm talking about an innovation here, I'm meaning things like technologies, techniques, processes, practices, and procedures. It could be anything. Uh, it could be a new way of managing pests, a new way of, of managing weeds. It could be a new planting design, or it could be doing something like installing a wetland. Your extension audience should include growers who are in the best position to make your desired changes within their farm. This may mean that your group is actually really small in numbers because only a few growers meet the preconditions for adoption to create an advantage for them. Jeff raises an important point that might serve as a much needed reminder. Your extension efforts could be more successful than you realise. Because the population of potential adopters is usually smaller than we think, the spread of innovations among potential adopters has been underestimated. This means that rates of adoption are actually higher than people think and that extension has often been much more successful than we thought. The method we use means that you can develop extension messages that can be tailored to appeal to different benefit segments to accelerate adoption. It also means, and we've had experience of this, that declining attendance at field days, demonstrations, courses, etc., by farmers and growers can actually signal success rather than failure in that you've saturated the, potent, the market for potential adopters. So in defining your audience, the goal should be to uncover the rough size of this group and at the same time, understand the things that may be affecting these growers and influencing their decisions to adopt. So now let's walk through Jeff's method for establishing your target audience group. We know that extension work is challenging because as Jeff describes, there's a lot of risk involved in making changes on farm. Therefore, the first step in defining your audience is understanding what Jeff calls the farm context for your extension innovation. Introducing a new technology or practice into a farm system is risky because systems are complex. So adopting a technology or changing a management practice, adopting an innovation is highly engaging for growers 
because change creates to some degree risks for in terms of income, lifestyle, social and experiential feelings. This means growers will devote a lot of time and effort to predicting the consequences of adopting a technology or changing a management practice. So how do growers predict consequences? What they do is identify the elements in their farm system that interact with the innovation to influence the benefits and costs of adopting it. The elements in a farm system that interact with an innovation to influence these benefits and costs, we call the farm context for that innovation. According to Jeff, the farm context is usually made up of a handful of key elements. For pest or weed control, these include things like intensity of pest pressure, risk factors of outbreak, costs, labour and chemical use. These are heavily influenced by things like crop type, orchard or farm layout, location and climate. The good news is that there are generally only four or five key things that affect the farm context. The not so good news is that these four or five things change depending on the technology or practice you are interested in. So how do you find out what they are? Jeff recommends a series of interviews with growers who have and have not adopted the new practice or technology. From there, you can do a large-scale survey of growers to statistically validate the interview results. Through a larger survey, you can also measure the size of the population of potential adopters and work to determine what Jeff calls the benefit segments within that population. Farm context analysis can be helpful in the identification of benefit segments, and that can help in creating realistic expectations about adoption and extension. It helps explain why some growers view an innovation or practice as creating value, while others think it's too costly. It highlights the importance of tailoring innovations and tailoring extension measures to align with the different requirements of benefit segments. So as Jeff says, it's really important to understand different benefit segments because of on-farm complexity. It may give you an idea of when the factors may be right for adoption or if partial adoption is actually a more achievable goal, as was the case for an extension program Jeff worked on which related to grower adoption of integrated pest management practices. What this meant was that partial adoption was often best practice for some growers. It also meant that growers' attitudes towards the environment and sustainability generally had little to do with differences in their adoption of integrated pest management practices. Okay, so now we know how important it is to narrow the targeting of our extension audience based on the number of potential adopters whose farm context is right for your innovation. We also understand the value of different benefit segments for both tailoring innovations and extension approaches. And finally, we've talked about how to go about gathering all of this information. Now we're going to listen to a case study where Jeff shares his experience putting this theory into practice. Denise Buchan and I did some research a few years ago now. Um, and some of the things we looked at were management practices around powdery mildew, downy mildew, and leaf roller. The benefits that growers were seeking by trying to control these pests was to maintain their productivity. They wanted to limit the risk of uncontrollable outbreaks of the pests. They were trying to reduce their chemical use and their costs. 
and they wanted to reduce labour use. So the vineyard context, so what were the factors that in the farm system that influenced the adoption of these things were three things. Basically, the threat, the, how big the threat was of a damaging infestation, the timing of that threat and its spatial extent through the vineyard. So for Downey Mildew, it was a pretty simple process of identifying the benefit segments. With respect to Downey Mildew, the main consideration was the risk of a high, highly damaging infestation through the season. If the risk is very high, then growers were forced into calendar spraying to control downy mildew. If the risk of infestation was low, then growers were able to rely on strategic spraying, but that which meant using uh, monitoring and spraying when infestations reached a particular threshold but adopting strategic spraying required having the appropriate level of machinery and labour, the appropriate capacity to respond quickly to an infestation. Powdery mildew was similar. However, here the timing of infestation was important. So early in the season, everyone was calendar spraying, so that is preventive spraying, to prevent outbreaks of powdery mildew. But depending on your climate, so your location, there were differences in the risk of a damaging infestation late in the season. If the risk of a damaging infestation was high late in the season, then you calendar sprayed all season long. If the risk was low late in the season, then what growers were doing was calendar spraying during the early part of the season and then switching to a strategic spraying regime late in the season. And leaf roller was a little bit more complicated again. So the first issue was, is the threat of damaging infestation high? If it wasn't, then growers could rely on natural predators to control infestations in the vineyard. If infestations were high, if the threat of infestations was high, then the spatial extent of the, of the infestation became important. If infestations were limited to hotspots in the vineyard, then growers were relying on natural predators in some areas and target spraying of specific varieties, uh, of specific susceptible varieties or susceptible locations in their vineyard. If infestations were spread throughout the vineyard, then growers were forced back into calendar spraying the entire vineyard. Jeff has done a great job of highlighting the challenge of identifying the farm context and your potential adopters when you know exactly what technology or practice you want growers to adopt. But what about when the factors underlying an issue are hard to identify? How do you define your audience when the underlying causes of an issue are unclear? Webinar presenter and senior scientist at Ag Research, Dr Trevor James, talks about the difficulty of uncovering the extent of the issue of herbicide resistance. We had trouble finding out how much herbicide resistance was out there. Farmers did not want to talk about it. They dealt with it silently. It was like they had the pox, to put it politely, and they just kept it to themselves. 
once we started talking about it and getting there and getting in front of people, we destigmatized it. And then the growers started to talk about it themselves. So what did we learn? Uh, resistance was widespread on arable farms, much more than what we thought about. We thought that maybe 5% of farms might be impacted with herbicide resistance because it was being hidden. When we started to look, we found it, and we were up to about 50% of the surveyed farms that we looked at were impacted one way or another with some herbicide resistance. And it was much bigger problem where grass seed was produced. And this is because the so much grass seed is shattered. Uh, the numbers of grass seeds to grow as weeds in the next crop was huge. And as we all know, herbicide resistance is a, a genetic evolution and that makes it simply a numbers game. The more weeds you've got, the more likely you are to have resistance evolve in them. Research is a critical part of your extension work. And as Trevor says, bringing growers in as part of the solution helps destigmatize the problem and facilitate better buy-in. And for Foundation for Arable Research, with the help of uh, MPI funding, they started the Growers Leading Change uh, project. And they had a group dedicated to herbicide resistance. So this is growers working uh, to find their own solutions. And, and I think this is absolutely wonderful and essential. If we can get growers to find their own solutions, that is, you know, a hundred or more heads thinking about the, the, the problem and solutions. And that is going to make a heap more progress than one grey-haired old head sitting in, a, in an office in Hamilton. So to summarise, a successful extension project really hinges on understanding your audience. If you approach understanding your audience as an opportunity to genuinely engage with the unique farm contexts that exist, you'll not only end up with highly targeted segments that you can message and target differently, but you also have a highly engaged group of people to co-create the extension with. It's been a real pleasure walking you through the learnings from our webinar on extension. And if this podcast series has whet your appetite, the full webinar is available to watch on our website, as well as the other great tools and resources mentioned in this podcast. We are so looking forward to talking to you again in the future in our next podcast. I'm Livia Esterhazy, and this has been the Alighter Touch podcast, where we are sowing the seeds and growing our knowledge base for a sustainable future. Matewa. Wa.